Are you a woman searching for purpose and success? A housewife? Maybe a single mother? You're in the right place. Welcome to Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles. Activate, motivate, inspire. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. I am Miss Lisa Nobles, your hostess, and I am so excited to have you joining with me today. Speaking of today, our topic will consist of faithful and favored trusting God in this season. I am so elated to have this subject, faithful and favored trusting God in this season. I have a very special guest joining in with me today for this special empowerment segment at the Savvy Speaks Roundtable Discussion. This segment is dedicated to addressing how to trust God in this season, how to trust God in your season of your life, whatever your season is in this part of your life, whether it's a trying or a true season of discomfort or even in your success. Know that when you remain faithful to God, He favors you. Trust him in this season of your life. Thereby, let's get started. I have a wonderful queen, Pastor Tanya Ratliff, who together we co-authored a book. And it was a wonderful experience becoming an Amazon bestseller in which we were blessed to touch the lives of many others during our season of our lives in that time, right? So welcome, Pastor Tanya Ratliff. Queen to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast Roundtable Discussion. And again, family, our focus today is, our topic is faithful and favored, trusting God in this season. So what I'm going to do right now is just allow Tanya to have an opportunity to introduce herself to you all real briefly, and then we will jump into our segment. So Tanya, again, welcome Queen to the Savvy Speaks Empowerment Roundtable Discussion. Discussion. Go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into our discussion. Well, good morning, everyone. I would like to take this opportunity uh, to thank our savvy host, uh, Miss Lisa Noble, <laughs> for inviting me uh, to be a part of the podcast on this morning. I am elated. I'm overjo- overjoyed. I'm in expectation. <laughs> I believe God is going to do great things on today. But listen, my name is Tanya B. Ratliff. Most people call me Pastor T. On yes. the purpose midwife, I am a pastor, an author, entrepreneur, purpose coach, spiritual mentor, and life strategist. But most of all, I'm a woman who loves God with all of her heart, her mind, her body, and her soul. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be here with you on today. Oh, thank you so much. I am so elated and so excited. I have, we have been friends now, especially well, specifically on Facebook for over a year, going into two years. And I am so elated to have her and I follow her posts and they're always so powerful, uplifting as well as encouraging. And we will get into more of that a little bit later. So are you ready, family? Then let's talk about it. Again, our topic is faithful and favored, trusting God in this season. Now, Tanya, I did not include this earlier, but something you said specifically in your introduction is that you are a purpose 
midwife. What does that mean to our audience? What what does that mean in your life to be a purpose midwife? There was once a time in my life where I was really dumbfounded in regards to my purpose, what God had called me to do. And therefore, I was like the children of Israel. I wandered in the wilderness Mm -hmm. seeking for my God-given destiny. Mm -hmm. But God connected me with women and men who began to sow into me, and I began to tap into who God had called me to be. And Mm -hmm. after I began to uh, just really seek God and walk out my purpose, God in turn told me, now I want you to go back and I want you to reciprocate what has been done in your life. Because Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that what we make happen for others, that God will allow to uh, happen for us. So simply my goal in life, my purpose is to help women give birth to their dreams, their destiny, their vision, whether in ministry or in entrepreneurship. So I help them to give birth, give life to that thing that's been lying dormant on the inside of them. Oh my God, I love that. That's so powerful. And I know that was kind of off kilter, but I just was like, wait a minute. I really want people to understand what your purpose in it is. It's, you know, we have so many titles and that's such a unique title and are a unique way to describe yourself and what an interesting factor to know that you take purpose to that next level you help other people to birth what they are called to do and I want the audience to really allow that to resonate you know it's, it's a great thing to be a coach but not only to be a coach but to be to be intertwined with someone that can really help you to birth your purpose, your God-given talent. So that's awesome. So Tanya, what does it mean for you to be faithful and favored by God? Well, first of all, you have to know that when God created you, Mm -hmm. he created you with a purpose, a plan, and a promise in mind. Mm-hmm. And you have to know at the end of the day, regardless of where you grew up, regardless of your racial background, regardless of how much money you have in the bank, your degree, none of that matters because mm-hmm. God tells us in his word that he will give us favor with him and with man. And, and see, David, when he was in the pasture keeping mm-hmm. sheep, he was still king, but he was in the pasture. But mm-hmm. when they came to anoint, the brothers, David was still in the field. And I want to tell somebody today, you may be in the field. You may feel ostracized. You may feel abandoned. You Mm -hmm. may feel alone. But I want to tell you that it's the people that are considered the least likely. It's the it's the mm. people that others consider the underdog. It's the people that other people look over and they look at you and they say you're not worthy. They count you out because of, of some stipulation. But I want you to know that it's better to be favored by God than to be favored by man because if God is for you, who can be mm. against you? And when you know that your favor, guess what? It trumps everything else that goes on in your life. So to be faithful and favored simply means that I am in tune. I am in syncopation. I am in rhythm. Because the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered up by the Lord. And if God is ordering my steps, I know he's not going to allow me to fall, to slip, to faint, or to, to lose. 
what he is already destined for me. I love that. Specifically, when you said it's better to be favored by God than to be favored by man. Now, Tonya, do you think sometimes as we as women are just individuals in, in, in general, that sometimes that's how we lose our way because we start focusing on obtaining the favor of man over sustaining in our relationship and having the favor of God? I think sometimes what will happen is if we are not in tune with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. God will use man mm-hmm. to help bring us to a specific place. But at the end of the day, we have to know that it was God and, and not man. And see, some people, what they try to do is they try to get in cliques and circles mm-hmm. and, and social arenas with the haves and the have-nots, mm-hmm. the who's and the who's not. And they try to climb their way to the top based on a particular group. But what mm-hmm. we have to know is at the end of the day that if man brought you there, man has the power to, to pull you down. Come but on. see who God lifts up, who God raises, no man can throw down. So I would rather be co-signed and I would rather mm. be authorized by mm. God than I, oh my God. I would rather be, I would be rather placed in position by God they're put in a position by man because when God places you in a position, mm-hmm. nobody can move you. So we have to be very careful about the connection that mm-hmm. we that we make in life because listen, it could be a good thing, but is it a God thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I want the audience to really think about that. It can be a good thing, but is it a God thing? So why is it important, Tanya, to trust God in any season of one's life? Once again, we have to know that God has a blueprint for our lives. Mm -hmm. And that blueprint was erected before the foundations of the world. I say it like this. Before your mama and daddy ever hooked up in the Chevy, in the woods, you were on the mind of God before you were in the belly of your mother. Come on. one in five says that before he formed you in your mother's womb, mm-hmm. that he had a purpose and he had a plan for your life. So we have to know that ultimately God, God is steering. Yes. He's steering us. Mm-hmm. And when we stay connected to him, the true vine, John 15 says, if you abide in me and mm-hmm. my word abide in you. And see, when we stay abiding in him, when we stay under his arc of safety, when, mm-hmm. when we get underneath his will and his way. He he promises us that the good work that he's begun in us, he's mm-hmm. going to complete it. So I don't have to trip out. I don't have to fret. I don't have to fight. And look, this is one of my things that I, when I was going through last year, after mm-hmm. I stepped out to do what God had called me to do, God told me, this is what he told me in the midst of the fire. He said, don't trip, trust. And see, when, when, when you know that you're walking the path that God mm-hmm. has carved out for you, guess what? I know he has me through mm-hmm. the storm, through the rain, through sickness, through pain. I know that he has me. That's why I Come can on. trust him. I can trust him in the good times, the bad times. Because Romans, Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know all things, all things, no matter what it looks like, the good, the bad, the ups, the down, the highs, the low, the bitter and the sweet. I, in Louisiana, we love gumbo. Gumbo yes. is a mixture of all things put together in a pot. Yes. But in order to get what's in the gumbo, sometimes it's at the bottom. You got to stir it. And see, wow. you got to know that everything that you go through in life, 
what what God is doing. He's agitating it. Oh mm. God. So so when it's time for you to be served, uh, when it's time for you to get in position, when mm-hmm. it's time for you to be revealed, everything that I, everything that He placed in you is gonna rise to the top. Oh, you I'm better say to it. You, 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 you about to shout. I'm about to shout. When you say, I love this analogy when you, about the gumbo. You said, because whatever that is in you is going to rise to the top. And I know this is what I really love. How you, 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 you purpose this scripture in Romans 8, 28. You said, I know anything in life that we go through. You said, because I know that is so powerful because I I know that's going to be my words for the rest of the day because I know that he has me. How powerful is that? Because I want to come. You made me think about one of my favorite scriptures, Matthew 4 and 4. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Because why is that relevant? Because what? I know. I love that, Tanya. Don't hold back. How did you trust God? It had to be a time in your life. Where now you're this purpose, what midwife? You are in your purpose, you're a pastor, you're speaking to people, to women, men all over the world. How did you trust God when the heat was turned up past the maximum in your life, in your season? What was that season like, Tanya? Um, you you started something when you <laughs> talked about Matthew four and four. <laughs> I and love that I, scripture. What what I heard the spirit say is that the reason why many people can't get the victory is mm-hmm. because in the storm they're starving. See, you can't wait you, till the storm hits. You can't wait till the storm hits. You to, to eat. You gotta eat. You gotta eat when it's clear, when there's no storm oh on the God. horizon, because it's too late to talk about you hungry and yes. the storm. You're in the midst of the storm. Come Let's on. See, in July of 2016, the Lord said, I want you to walk away mm-hmm. from your career as an educator, and I want you to go full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And my first response, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. oh, that's the devil. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not hearing that. God had told me that in January of 2016. Well, here comes July, and on my birthday, he tells me for your birthday, I want you to take your resignation papers into uh, your box and tell her you won't be back. Wow. But see, God, but what we have to understand is God God always prepares us. He never He never allows us to be ignorant. Mm. But God had begun to prepare me. Uh, from January up until that point, he told me, he said, I need you to get some luggage. I, mm-hmm. I need you to begin to, to work on uh, getting your papers in line. I need you to mm-hmm. get your passport. All mm-hmm. these things I want you to begin to do. And, and when I went in and I told my boss I wasn't coming back, Mm-hmm, God mm-hmm. began to open doors for me wow. to travel around uh, the country, ministering to at, at different women events. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the midst of all of that, mm-hmm. little did I know that once I retired, that I would not receive my pension right off. It took mm-hmm. me eleven months mm-hmm. to receive my pension. Come on! So my family, my family went from living on on two incomes to one income. Yes. I, we, we were about to be evicted, not once, not twice, but three times. Cars repossessed, no food in the refrigerator. Talk about what it. used to be what used to be a basic like paper towels and toilet paper mm-hmm. became a luxury. Oh and I'm my like, God. God, I can't 
I can't understand. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm going to Arkansas one weekend, Dallas one weekend, Atlanta one weekend, mm-hmm. driving up and down the mm-hmm. highway to preach the gospel with no mm-hmm. insurance on my car. Mm-hmm. Because I obeyed God. But, mm-hmm. I, but I had to understand that it was all for a purpose. He had designed it. He said, I'm trying to teach you to trust me at another level. Come on. And see, what oh, we have to God. understand is, we, mm-hmm. we, we, want, we want God to use us mightily, but it comes with a price. Come we want on. the anointing. We want the power. We want the gift. But we got to understand that the anointing comes. And see, if you're going to walk in the anointing, you got to understand, baby, this ain't a vegetable or anointing. This is an olive or anointing. Come I on. had to be crushed. I had to be battered. I had to be bruised. I had to be lied on. I had to be persecuted, but it was for the oil that wow. somebody else might live. I had to die so somebody else could live. Mm, mm, mm. So it was in those 11 months mm-hmm. that, that I learned how to trust God when I couldn't trace him. It, it was in those 11 months that my prayer life went to another place. It was in those mm. 11 months that God showed me you don't need money. All you need is favor. Come so on. That's what you got to understand. When mm-hmm. you got the favor, God, favor is better than money. Mm. I would preach and people would ask me, how much is your honorarium? I would say, just bless me. And they would always bless me over what my honorarium was. Honorarium was. That's why it's so important for us to know the voice of God. Yes. We got to know his voice. My sheep know my voice. And mm-hmm. the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. You better say that. Oh my God, this is so powerful. Especially because I've shared this with some of my other guests when they're sharing authentically their story. We live in a world now where we cover up our story. Where we can't, we've gotten so high that we've forgotten. We've forgotten, Tanya. We've forgotten the journey. We've forgotten that our journey was purpose for our ministry. And sometimes even I have forgotten. Let me tell you, when I started EWAP, it was so important. Who knew that it was supposed to be a non-profit? Who knew? I mean, who knew that at one point in my life that I would even get so destitute where I wanted to give up on God and I started to question what is the purpose of this ministry because it's gotten so tough and the the funds are not there and and I feel so disembobulated. I feel like, God, I, I I can't see you anymore. I don't know the direction that you want me to go. God, I'm going to give up. I don't hear your voice, but I'm trying to tell somebody that that is the purpose of this podcast. It's not here to fake and shake. It's here for someone out there who's striving, who's looking for that lifeline and God will use the voices here to let you know that you are not a alone and so we talk about in our books Tanya specifically I shared the concept concerning the pit of life. God gave me that concept about a, a year or so ago. Well, it's been two years since that one book. But specifically for, specifically for me, that concept of the pit of life means a place of intended trials. Pit. Place of intended trials, which I derived from the story of Joseph when his brothers placed him in the pit. Tanya, you speak about the concept of the pit also. What is it? Why? is it or what is it important for one to understand the pits of life from your specific from your perspective when they've gone through the maximum when they are trying to trust God but maybe they can't see that their way what is your perspective on the pit 
um, when when I when I think about the pit, I'm reminded of the story of Joseph. Mm-hmm. That Joseph went from the pit mm-hmm. to the palace, mm-hmm. from the palace mm-hmm. to the uh, prison, mm-hmm. from the prison back to the palace. But see, we have to understand. Oh God, help me, Holy Ghost. We got to understand that even Jesus went to the pit. The pit mm-hmm. is the lowest place in your life. Mm-hmm. But we got to understand that the pit also is your place of re- of resurrection. The pit is your place of transformation. Your the pit is just. The pit is a place of transition. But see, so many people get, they get discouraged in the pit. They get defeated in the pit. But but you have to understand that the pit is for your defining. The, the pit is for your refining. The, the pit is for your making. The pit is Come not on. for your bad. It's for your good. It's in the pit that you learn the essentials that you need to thrive when you get to the palace. See, if you've never been to the pit, when you get to the palace, you don't know how to act. Right. Oh God. Come on. That's why when many people, when they get elevated, see, see, have you ever known anybody that they were given a position based on their last name, based on their amount of money? Come on. They get, they get to that place of authority. They get to the palace, but they don't remain there because they haven't been in that low place. Right. Come on. Low place. Oh gosh. Low places teach you. My God, to be grateful. Low, wow. low places teach you that that I can survive under any circumstance. Right. Low places, low places teach you that you you have to not exalt yourself above yes. God. Come you on, you gotta remain humble. The the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And see, sometimes God got to take us in the pit to overlap you You too high. You need to come back down. Uh-huh. Yes. You smelling yourself. You need to come back down. Yes. But but my my thing about the pit is for every pit that you've been in, there's a purpose. The come purpose on. of the pit is to raise you to another place. And every time you go through a pit, it's just an indication that you're, on, you're getting ready to ascend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get excited yes. about the pit. I get excited about the pit because I understand I'm about to go to a new place. I'm about to rise to a new place. I love that. Specifically, when you said that you understand because you can appreciate that the pit is, is for some of us, it's a fearful thing, right? Me included, but you said you understand because you know that you're about to rise. You are about to rise because it's there for us to teach us how to be grateful. It's there to refine us. It's for our good to teach us the essentials of what it's going to take when we get to the palace. That that is phenomenal, Tanya. So how do one, or how do you remain focused in the fight? How do you remain focused while you're in the pit, Tanya? The way you remain focused is, and this is what I always tell people, mm-hmm. you have to always keep your outcome mm-hmm. in front of you. I'm, still, I'm focused on the goal. I'm focused on what's ahead of me. I'm not focused on what's behind me. I'm not even focused on what's going on around me. See, see, it's like a runner running in a race. The runner's not worried about who's outside of him. Right. The one is not worried about who's running in front of him. He's not worried about who's behind him. His only focus is finishing. (laughs) Yes. So my 
Joker has to be on finishing. See, so many people lose the race, lose the battle because they're focused on the process. The promise is sure. The process is just what I got to go through to get to the promise. So if I know at the end of the process, the promise is waiting on me. Why am I? It's just the terrain that I have to follow in order to get to the end. Yes. I love that because a lot of times we want to run from the process because in that process, again, it's not easy being refined. It's not easy being retaught things that God is trying to show us. But yet, if we remain in that process, we're going to get to the promise. I mean, you better talk about it, sis. I mean, you better talk about it. So how would you encourage others to remain focused during their most challenging times of their lives. One thing that I always do, whenever God says, Tanya, I'm going to do this. Tanya, this is where you're headed. What I always do is, I write when God speaks to me, mm-hmm. I write it down and I date it. Mm-hmm. If possible, I find a visual reminder. Mm-hmm. And that visual reminder is on my phone it's on my laptop, right. it's on my refrigerator, it's on my bathroom mirror. When I was at work, it was on my computer screen. Yes. And, and so what you have to do is whenever you get to a place where it seems like the promise is not going to manifest, let me give you a perfect example. Okay. My husband and I are believing God for our new home. Right. We lost our home in 2010 to foreclosure. And right. so we're believing God for our new home. I can't even begin to tell you how many times we've been denied. Yes. But I never, I never let go of the fact that he told me I would own a home one day. Every right. prophecy that has been given to me concerning my new home is written down and is dated. In those right. times when I get a note, in those times when, when you're not there, you need to work on your credit some more. What I do is I go back and I read the vision. Yes. <laughs> Write the vision, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And make the plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, what we do is we write the vision, but we don't go back to it. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. So what you have to do is once you write it, you got to revisit it. Yes. When it seems like it's not working, go back to the blueprint. See, yes. the blueprint is there as a guide to help you build. Yes. yes. And so yes. what happens is many of us get the blueprint, but we don't go back and look at the blueprint. Right. When, when it seems as if things are crumbling, when things are not working, you got to go back to the blueprint. Yes. So the way you keep your focus is you got to go back to the blueprint. You got to stay in prayer. You, you got to stay in the word. And yes. you got to speak positive confessions over your life. I know yes. you got to make daily affirmations. I, I, I wake up every morning and I declare I'm the lender and not the borrower. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm Come a book only and not beneath. I'm a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a homeowner. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a best-selling New York Times author. Yes. Yeah. I make declarations over my life because the Bible says you can decree a thing and it shall be established. Come on. 
I love that, Tanya. So even in this, in this discussion, how would you encourage one to trust God after they've given up on themselves and potentially their lives? I mean, we've talked about the pig. We've talked about how we got to remain faithful and true. And, and we have to make sure that we are allowing God to guide us. So how would you encourage that, that one person to trust God after they've already given up in their pit, after they're already discouraged? I would simply say to them is if you can't live a day without it, then you got to get back in the fight. Yes. If you can't live a day without it, get back in the fight. There were many times I gave up. Mm -hmm. But, oh, God, I thank you, Holy Spirit. But God would always send somebody with a word. Yes. I, I would go to church. And I would get a word. See, you got to stay around faith-filled people. Okay, Come on. let me give you this example. The Bible says that when Mary came in contact with Elizabeth, she made a baby. And see, in this season, you got to have four types of people in your life. Yes. You got to be connected to people that they can pick you up in the spirit. See, that's why I tell people, I don't need you to carry my Bible. I don't need you to get me no water. I can carry my own Bible and I can bring my own bottle of water. What I need you to do is, I need you to be able to pick up in my pick up in the spirit when I'm going through. I Come need on. you to be able to pick up in the spirit when I'm discouraged. So Come who is on. your memory? Who is that person that can pick you up in the spirit and can call and give you a word and say, girl, get up. Yes. Girl, get up. Get up. It's not over for you, girl. Get up. You God is still gonna do it. Then you got to have an you gotta have an Elijah in your life. You gotta yes. have a mentor. Somebody somebody that's already walked the road that you're trying to go. They're your they're your example. Yes. That that you know what you've been through. Yes. But you look at where they are now. Mm -hmm. But then you also you have to have a lot. Why well, I need a lot, yes. Pastor T. Yes. You need a lot in your life. There are some lots in your life that are keeping you. Uh huh. Yeah, the people you hang around, people in your family, people yes. on your job, your friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. You you got to get the lots out of your life because sometimes there are lots in our life that cause us to give up because they negative, because they critical, because they, they yes. I call them I call them public celebrators and private haters. Yes. What's that, Pastor T. That's somebody that clapped for you in the church. They clap for you when they see you get the award. They clap yes. for you when they see you come out with the new book. They clap for you when they see you when they see you on the platform. Come but on. Private, they they praying for you to fail. <laughs> come yeah. on. Come on, Pastor. And then then you gotta have a Judas. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Many of us don't want any many of us don't want no enemies. But you gotta understand if there are no enemies, there's no hate. Say that one more time. If you don't have any enemies, if you don't have any haters, then there's no table. Come on. I love that. I love that. Can you expound on that last point specifically when you're talking about the Judas? And you're saying if we, we got to understand that if there is no enemy, there is no table. Tell us a little bit of what, what do you mean by that, Pastor T? In Psalm 23, mm -hmm. it says, Thou preparest come on a table <laughs> come on in the presence come of, on <laughs> not 
The ones who said you weren't going to never be nothing. Yes. The ones who said you would never make it. Uh-huh. The ones who doubted you. The ones who told you you was crazy. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. See, Come on. Yeah. You need the people in your life. Yes. The ones you've been saying, God say he going to do this. God say he going to do that. And they say, girl, you've been believing him all this time. Mm-hmm. And he still had moved. Come yeah. on. See, you got to have those people in your life. Yes. So they can see that what you say, God is going to manifest it. Yes. So see, if you don't have the Judases in your life, mm-hmm. then, then, then guess what? They'll never be able to see the power of God come on. in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is the importance? You brought up another important point. What is the importance? And I'm thinking of a scripture right now. I can't think of where it's at. But what is the importance for people to see the God or these hate or these Judases to see the God working in your life? It's important for them to understand that I was on a, a TV show a few weeks ago and God had given mm-hmm. me this revelation because I had been dealing with um I've been dealing with some haterism. But mm-hmm. I tell people you gotta use your haters as elevators to help push you to the top. Yes. Yes. Come on. I um I was I was uh sitting down in my prayer chair like I'm sitting now. Mm-hmm. And I the Holy Spirit told me, you may have not been their favorite, mm-hmm. but you've been favored Come on. By me. Mm-hmm. And see, a lot of people want the, to be favored mm-hmm. by man. Mm-hmm. They want to be, they want to go to the country club. They want to be in tight with the pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They want to be in tight with the bishop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I want to be in tight with God. Come on. Yeah. That's where I want to be. I want to, I want to bump elbows with the elite. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be up in the social cliques and the social circles just so somebody can know my name. Come on. All I need is for God to know my name. Yes. I love that. And so what we have to understand is is that enemies, your enemies, Mm -hmm. prove to the world, Mm -hmm. despite what you do, despite what you say, Mm -hmm. God is yet in control. Come on. So, witches, work your potion. Come on. Warlock, work your magic. Come do on. Do what you want to do. But Luke 10 and 19 tells me that he's given me authority to trade on scorpions and serpents and all the powers Come of the on. enemy. And that nothing by any means going to be able to harm me. Okay. Just like you got insurance on your car. Just yes. like you got insurance on your house. The yes. blood of Jesus is my assurance that I'm Come covered. on. I'm covered. Mm-hmm. You covered by all faith, but I'm covered by the blue. Come on. I mean, you better say it. So even in that, Pastor T, what has been your weakest point of your life, but yet God used it as your greatest? I would definitely say my weakest point in my life uh, was the number of times I was rejected. I would have to say that's been the biggest obstacle that I had to learn to overcome. Rejected by my father. Yes. Rejected rejected by spiritual mother. Rejected by by pastors, by leaders who are supposed to be looking out for my for my soul. Rejected. And so those were the greatest obstacles. 
obstacles that that I had to overcome. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would secondly, I would have to say, uh, financial uh, destruction yes. would be another would another one because, like, from two thousand eight up until two thousand, really two thousand six into two thousand ten, my husband and I um, just experienced. Um, so many losses, like one yes. year we lost our business, one yes. year our car was repossessed, one year our house was foreclosed on. So yes. it was just loss after loss after, after loss. loss. Yeah. So, mm, so I think that those would most definitely have to be those those areas where those were the greatest struggles. Um, and then um, another area I would definitely have to say is um, with my son. Yes. Uh, had an attack. You know, this this weekend, the enemy has attacked him so many times in his life, even at birth, to try to kill him. And, and so I would have to say those were the three areas, and then my marriage. So yes. those would be the areas where I'd experience um, the greatest attack and, you know, the points where I wanted to give up. I love that. It's specifically because a lot of times we do. We, we do want to give up. So how did you... I've heard you say a couple of things, but specifically, how did you persevere during the pitfalls? And when you were talking about this, and we're going to wrap the show up off of this, um, Pastor T, but how did you persevere during this pitfall? This will kind of be our ending. And then while you're talking about that, explain to us what does it mean to be in a pitfall? pitfall because some of us don't even identify we can't identify that we're even in the pitfall or that this you know area of our life is happening so how did you persevere and explain what is the pitfall this will be your final word word or synopsis to that person who needed this podcast session right now to hear this subject from you I think how you how I've identified that I was in a pitfall mm -hmm. is where, it, notice how I, the word I use, mm -hmm. it seems right. as if things are spiraling out of control. Mm -hmm. It seems the more you pray, the more, you, the more you're obedient, the more um, you press, things mm -hmm. go from bad to worse. Right. It, it's when, you know, it's where it's like an avalanche. Of, 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 of things back to back to back pressure right. on every side if it's not one thing it's another right and and, and that's how I define uh being being in a pit it's where it's it's continual there's no there's no lit up there's no right. breathing there's no that's that's where um that's where I identify a pit experience but right. what we have to know is that um I'll go back to Jeremiah 29 and 11. Oh, I love that. Thoughts that mm -hmm. I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of harm to give you a future, a hope, and an expected end. And yes. what you have to know, what helps me persevere is to know that this is not my end. What yes. helps me to persevere is, is to know, according to the word of God in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, for our light affliction, are but for a moment, but they're working a more eternal way of glory. While we look at the things mm -hmm. which are seen, for the things that are not seen mm -hmm. are eternal, but the things which are seen are temporary. Mm -hmm. So if you can see it, it's temporary. Mm -hmm. So 
the things are happening to me over and over and over. I can see it. So mm-hmm. I know that it's temporary and, and I just have to keep pressing. I have to keep pushing mm-hmm. and I have to keep persevering knowing that it's going to work out for yes. me. I love that. Real quickly, we have an extra minute. We only have about a minute. I want you to address the but God concept because we've taught, we've gone from A to X and now we're about to be at Z. Everything that a person could pro- could potentially go through, you have addressed it. So why is it important at the end of knowing that I'm favored and I'm being faithful, but I got to trust God in this season? Why is it important to say, but God, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, but what, why is it important? You have about literally about 60, 30 to 60 seconds. Why would somebody need to say, but God? Okay, I'm going to give you this little quick English lesson. Mm-hmm. We learn that whenever you see a period, that means stop, shut mm-hmm. it down, it's over. Right. So whenever you see a comma, mm-hmm. a comma means pause and keep going. Come on. We have to know in we have to know in life. Everything that we go through, I I I, I don't have any money in the bank, but God. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we put a period. Well, God said put a comma. Come Anything on. in your life that you're going through, you got to know there's a but God in your situation. Stop putting a period where God put a comma. A comma yes. means, guess what? Pause, get yourself together, put your big girl pants on, get mm-hmm. your mind right, get mm-hmm. your heart together, and keep on moving, knowing that it's going to work out in my good and in my favor. Ah. Uh. Love that family. This has been an an exciting and wealth of knowledge filled segment. We have to know that God is going to help our situations and those things are going to work out in our favor, in our favor family. And how do we do that? We have to know, we have to remain faithful. We have to, re- we have to remain faithful to an all-knowing God and knowing that in the pitfalls of life that there is an opportunity for God to refine us and retune us and he's getting us ready for what as Pastor T shared for our house, for our purpose, for that place where God have us but yet we have to go through some things and it's going to cost a price and sometimes that price is being in a very painful place but just for a short period of time I love that and I am so elated to have that that I have participated in this show today I'm glad that you have you have participated you downloaded this segment I know that someone was touched by this wealth of knowledge thank you so much to the Savvy Speak podcast guest the queen of the round table Pastor Tanya Ratliff or Pastor T as we call her thanks for listening to the Savvy Speaks podcast if you have enjoyed this segment please leave me a 5 star rating on iTunes so that others can enjoy the show too find out more at www.iamlisanobles.com and if you go again to www.iamlisanobles.com slash resources 
.html, you can receive free monthly tools for your journey as you couple it with this podcast. And remember, family, as I always say, you are a unique combination of experiences, clothed in purpose, strength, and destiny. You have a great week, and I'll see you right here next time on the Savage Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Miss Lisa Nobles. Bye-bye, and God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast with Ms. Lisa Nobles. Online at imlisanobles.com and on Facebook and Instagram at EWOFP. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review. And we'll catch you next time on Savvy Speaks Empowerment Podcast. Activate, motivate, inspire.